Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the Rolex Whiskey Whiskey Passion Project. And, um, you know, I got the mayor of Alaska today with us. I met Ely years ago at Universal Whiskey Experience. We've drank some crazy, insane whiskey. And I've yet to visit his happy place, but I think 2023 is going to be the year. Uh, Ely, step on up, my friend. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on your show, Gavin. No, my pleasure. You'll tell me, tell you know, tell the audience who you are, what you do, if you don't mind, and then we'll get into some fun stuff. I live in Anchorage, Alaska. Grew up here all my life. A first generation American. So my family came from a former Yugoslavia. Dad got into the restaurant world back in the day. And uh, I kind of just took over. Uh, this would probably be my uh, 15th year bartending. And uh, I got thrown into the wolves, basically. We had a, one of our bartenders came into work, a little inebriated, uh, so we had to let her go. And I just had a, a bar to take over. <laughs> um, it didn't start off as a passion thing because I went to school for business management and finance. Um, and I'd say throughout the years, uh, starting to create cocktails and seeing the cocktail scene kind of explode. Um, I started getting some of the older crowd that would come back to the bar and they would ask me about whiskeys. And we've always had a pretty big selection of spirits at the bar. Um, but I started, uh, I started to see a trend in, in the brown spirits mostly. And so uh, I would kind of expand and just just start buying random bottles for random customers. Um, so it was kind of my dad's philosophy as well. Um, and then just like fast forward 15 years later and I've become Alaska's number one whiskey bar. Um, the Bourbon Reviewer, Top 100 with Buffalo Trace. Uh, just recently, the Whiskey Advocate, we're at number 30 for the United States. I don't know, it's just turned, like you said, it's just turned into a passion project. Um, hey, yeah. yo, don't forget to give the name of the bar. Yeah, uh, Fiori d'Italia. So, 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 what, so 15 years ago, there's not much action in whiskey, right? I mean, it's the usual suspects in bourbon, and there's a good amount of scotch. Yes, 100%. But like, n not a lot of American whiskeys, probably what, back there, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, Maker's Mark, if they've got a couple of extra bucks. But there's not really like, not much going on. But single malt scotches were like really coming on hard. Oh, yeah, definitely. The Glen Levitts, the Glen Morangis, uh, the Balvenie, McAllen. I mean, those are kind of your heavy hitters back in the day here. But yeah, bourbon, bourbon and, and, and rye. And they, I mean, was it even rye back then? I don't, I mean, not, no one really talks not, about rye from, you know, the early 2000s. No, I think, I think the only thing popular with rye was actually, you know, um, when I started bartending, I got into doing classic cocktails. So Manhattan, Sazerac's, Old Fashions, and basically yeah, like we use a lot of, yeah, a lot of Rittenhouse, you know, Rittenhouse rye. That was like the most popular bartenders cocktail rye. So I would say bartenders who did cocktails early on in the game knew that rye was a pinnacle point in the American whiskey world, but you're right. Drinking neat or any small batch of rice was definitely not how it is today. I mean, I had, we had one guy on here. You know, well, you know, Pat, <laughs> we had yeah, Pat on yeah. here and Pat was like, Pat was like, so he's like, yeah, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam. And like, if you had money, you could afford to get maker's mark. I'm like what? <laughs> you know, like, huh? <laughs> like he's like that was not the everyday. That was the sophisticated class drinking Maker's Mark, you know, back yes. in the day. 
was like, well, so then, you know, we talk about the single malt. So, you you know, you McAllen was not McAllen that it is today, 15 years ago, right? You had ample of it. It, it was what, 12s, 18s, maybe 10s still back then? Yeah, yeah, 15. <laughs> yeah. Say, yeah, those and, are and they were just like huge. stock standard. Yeah, exactly. They were basically and, your and, Jack and then, Daniels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just like, and 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 those people were drinking them on the rocks, or like very few people were drinking them neat because it just wasn't like, you know, the back. I mean, I I ran restaurants and nightclubs for twenty years. There were like four stock standard cocktails. Yeah, <laughs> like right? that was what it was. There wasn't yeah. like a, a list like it is right now. I mean, I remember like mojitos when they came on the market and people yeah. like my bartender's like dude you know what a pain in the ass it is to make this thing like this is like stop it take it off the menu like if somebody would came in and asked for an old-fashioned they would like look at them like for real like i'm not like dude like can't you just can't you just have a you know <laughs> a jack and coke keep moving right you know you know, <laughs> you, what's, know? you know yeah you know what's funny about my bar though is uh i make at least an average of a hundred plus old fashions every single night it's absolutely insane. Wow. Of, I and I, I personally think that this probably might have came from like Mad Men and stuff, where like, kind of the people who are, you know, kind of millennial and stuff, watched the show and started getting back to the classic cocktail scene. Um, well, it's got a big cube of ice. It's you know, it, it, yeah. it's you know, you and me are kind of jaded mofo's that have just seen too much. We've gone so far to the other side. That when yeah, I see right. that, I'm like, cool. I'm a cool story, bro. Like, that's great that you, you got your big key of ice. You're living your best life with your maraschino <laughs> cherry on top. Like, knock yourself out, homie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, see, uh, <laughs> see, I, I kind of changed that in Alaska, though. Um, so for here, you know, I do my own house-made cherries. I make mountain bitters. Uh, I still stick to the classic way, but kind of, you know, build the old-fashioned in a yearling glass um, and stir it up and then pour over the big cube. So you don't get like a little fruit salad in your cocktail. <laughs> That's but stuck in the strainer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and it's mostly whiskey taste. So like if I ever get a complaint about one of my old fashions, it's honestly is people say it's too strong. And I'm like, well, that's it's old fashioned. It's it's whiskey with a little hint of this and that. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and, and the cocktails things, I you know, I'm blown away because cocktails, you know, when I ran stuff like cocktails were like eight to ten bucks. Now they're more expensive than appetizers. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, and, well, <laughs> you know, and you're like, like, well, you I, know, it never used to be yeah. like that. You you would hit no, a table no. or a bar, and you would get them seasoned up, and then you get some food. Now it's like, well, what are you going to drink first? Because it's going to cost you more than your food. <laughs> well, I think that's because people are starting to educate themselves a little bit on the spirit world. 100%. Like, they they don't want Jim Beam White Label anymore, even though that's a great, you know, Beam and Coke. Great. But you know, people want a little yeah. more flavor, a little extra oomph into their cocktails nowadays. I mean, at my bar, Rittenhouse is not even as popular anymore. They want Wilderness Trail Rye or Rabbit Hole Rye. I mean, they they want something a little more pricey. Michter's Rye. Just it's it's, it's well. Crazy there's no out. there's no doubt there's no doubt that the money is no. I mean, I, I hate to say this. It's really I I for me who's busted my ass like you for everything. It's like I almost feel disrespectful saying this, but like money ain't no thing anymore. Like they'll pay whatever. To get the 100%. experience, I know. I guess you know, like, like oh, it's twenty eight. It's twenty eight dollars for that. Sure, fuck it. Yeah, I'll do that. That's Mictor's ten that you're making in that thing. Yeah, yeah, cool. I'll do that. You know, it's funny you mentioned Mictor's ten because I used to do a mean old, uh, a mean Manhattan Mictor's ten year rye, and it, I'd charge only twenty dollars. And that's yeah. when you know 
when it was easier to <laughs> get. Get it. <laughs> so that's, so you so fifteen years fifteen years behind the bar, and you would say probably the first five six years were just like business as usual for for the whiskey side of your bar, right? Yeah, just yeah. So people would come in and uh, they'd have like Glen Levitt on the rocks, Glen Fittig on the rocks. Um, and basically, uh, if, if they like Pete, they would have Ardbeg or Oban or Lafroig, uh, you know, yeah, but actually, they weren't even those many guys drinking that. No, 100%. Uh, especially Ardbeg in Alaska. I've kind of built Ardbeg here in town. Um, I have like 30 bottles on my back bar now, and people actually so, come so in. So, what did your Pete. back bar? 15 years ago, your back bar probably looked more heavy on the vodka side, probably a yeah. couple of gins. I mean, you weren't allocating that space to whiskey because, like, there wasn't the demand wasn't there. No. What so, was uh, the turning point? Well, so it's, it's funny. So we've always had a big selection. So like you said, we had 20 vodkas. We had 20 tequilas. We did have a good whiskey amount. You know, we had about 30, 40 bottles. And then we had like 20, 30 rum. Wait, wait, stop you. Stop one second. Stop one second. You had 30 to 40 bottles. How many bottles of whiskey do you have now? Now I have um, a little over 800 with no space to put more. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that is. So, guys, so people listening just realized that was your 30. He was totally happy with his 30 to 40. We had a big collection of whiskey. Like it was great. Now, yeah. 800. <laughs> yeah, 800. And I have, I'm looking right now, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven vodkas. Four, yeah. five, six <laughs> gins, two or three runs, <laughs> and yeah. the rest is all yeah. whiskey. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is how the time has changed, and I think that social media helped education. I think financially, um, I, I, I've personally noticed that I drink whiskey with a lot of ex like wine drinkers. They just drink less wine now. They still collect it. They still enjoy it. But they're definitely like enjoying the whiskey life and all the different levels of it. But I my theory in that that these are well monetized individuals, that their palate goes where their wallet goes. And wine kind of like was just like the dinosaur and whiskey is like the new shiny toy with with prices that make you feel like, you know, I can drop some serious money and do some serious damage. Is that right. theory kind of like or not? No, um, I would say yes and no. Um, the thing about the difference between me and wine would be when wine, you got to basically drink it in one setting. You spend $4,000 yep. on a DRC bottle and you have to drink it. Uh, with the whiskey bottle, you can always close it up, put it in decanter or whatever. The, what I think was a big turning point in the whiskey world and kind of like um, my first lesson in whiskey. Let me, let me get to that real quick. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I had this older gentleman and he ordered a Glenlivet 12 on the rocks. And so I was like, cool, give him his glass. Cheers. Do my other thing. Go back to him. I was like, would you like another, sir? And he's like, yes, I will. So I took his glass and I gave him a new glass and he kind of ripped me. <laughs> and I was like, like, <laughs> I'm giving you new glass, new rocks, new, new shot. He's like, young man, you never take away an empty glass with the rocks still in the glass. And I was like, like, you know, I'm just getting thrown into the wolves. And I'm yeah. like, well, why? He's like, well, I've had it here for 15 minutes. The glass is christened. The ice still has whiskey on it. You just pour a little more ice on top and you fill it right back up. <laughs> and that I was just curious, like that. Why is that? That was kind of my turning point of like starting to read up about whiskey um, and just, it's, it's kind of a 
you know, they'd watch their, their dad drink whiskey on the couch. Yeah. And so it kind of just it evolves generational. And whatever their dad did, they did. Whatever their dad got mad, they got mad at. I've, I've kind of seen that pattern today, you know, with some of the young guys that come into my bar now as well. So back to the wine part, I feel with whiskey, people can actually sit down longer and have more conversations. They're more kind of together, the storytelling, you know, like they, they build a story together over a glass and, of and, and there's a and, and, and I guess like I, I agree on that it's just like there's like a sharing point with whiskey first of all like you know wine has traditionally been enjoyed with meals and right. maybe a couple of like you know fireplaces here or there or whereas whiskey was like it was meant to like warm to the down to the base of your stomach you know the older exactly. stuff like really you know and now you just have so many different levels and so, so for you guys at the bar, so you're at 30 to 40 bottles of scotch of, of predominantly scotch, right? Maybe like yes. five or six bourbons and that, yeah. and then who, who shows up, what scotch shows up that you go from, let's just say 40 to a hundred. What does that look like? Uh, honestly, for me, it was the Balvenie 12 double wood. It, it was the first yeah. scotch that I truly enjoyed. And then I went to the liquor store and bought a bottle of Dalweenie thinking it was Valvenie, not knowing my stuff. <laughs> and I enjoyed that as well. And me and my little cousin are in his garage and we basically drank like half a bottle, just, you know, having good conversation. And we lit up a cigar and all of a sudden we're like, dang, half the bottle has gone. We're not even like we're not drunk or anything. We're just like just having a great connection and some and some some quality time just you know having fun and that kind of just opened up the doors for me anyways for getting so now like you've got to go now now you've got to be like hey i'm going to expand on my selection at this point you could still call up your liquor rep and basically look at their book and grab anything you wanted out there right i mean price yep. consciously of course but like yep. you now and you must have been one of the few guys asking that liquor rep like what other scotches do you carry because, I mean, yep. you're still talking like, you know, it wasn't happening yet. And they're like, right. hey, we've probably got, hey, no one else is buying this Belvani Doublewood. Glad you're buying it. Like, you know, and, and it, this is kind of, I would say, the entrance point to Dalmore is going to start showing up soon. Yep. From Actually, for us, well, Dalmore came in late to Alaska. And um, I think Dalmore just came to Alaska about like seven years ago when I first started going to the Nth show. Yeah, we, we never had any downward. Um, believe it or not, the turning point of like we started getting allocated whiskeys was a uh, was Yamazaki. And, you know, and, and how are you educating your I mean, you know, that's a large part of my whiskey investment is Suntory. But right. like, you remember, I, I mean, here in California, you could find it in Trader Joe's. You could buy like Hibiki oh. 17s in Trader Joe, Yamazaki 18s in Costco by the yeah. by the pallets. Totally. So it's it's funny in Alaska, uh, not naming any stores, but they would be like, we don't want any Japanese whiskey in our store. Nobody wants that stuff. They kind of had a little, uh, you know, a, a, a little stain on Japanese whiskey. And when yeah. I had my when I had my first sip of the 18, I was like, wow, this is one of my favorite whiskeys I've had in a very long time. So it was literally only me and another restaurant in town. And um, he happened to be uh, Japanese. And so we we're the only ones buying Yamazaki 18, 12 year Hakushu. Like we, I had cases upon cases of that stuff because it was 
I mean, it, it's mind blowing <laughs> to me because my first Japanese experience was the Yamazaki Sherry Cast 2016, and I drank that, and I was like, whoever made this, their attention to detail. I've never experienced this flavor profile, the depth. And I was by no means a super taster. You know, at that point, I'm drinking like Johnny Walker, a couple of McAllen's here or there, um, you know, some Irish and Bushmills. You know, I, I wasn't even doing bourbon yet. I mean, bourbon yeah. didn't come to me until like two years into my journey. You know, like I was a Johnny Walker or J&B, like the Delweeny was like a J&B to me. South Africa is huge. J&B, everything, you know, yeah. and Bell's. You know, all like just super low ABV, really yeah. like yellow liquid. Yeah, <laughs> you know, famous, just famous like and all hey. that. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing crazy. So I was like blown away by the Japanese, and I was like, man. And then I was like, oh my god, I, I, I'm sure everybody knows how good it is, and yet it was like crickets. So I'm like, well, I'll just start buying these things, right? Because yeah. I feel like once they figure it out, and then it won the award, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, <laughs> now you like, can't get it at hey, all. That's <laughs> I, I mean, I remember like, you know, I remember getting from uh, Narita Airport, I would get messages saying, hey, um, do you want a Yamazaki 25 for like $2,200? Do you want a Hakushu 25? Do you want a Hibiki 30? I'm mean, like, yeah, yeah, sure. And I remember like, I was like, fuck, that's a lot of money. But yeah, like, right? I, it's for investment. That's it's for an investment. Like I can I, I feel like it. And then like literally like. There was about a year of that, and then everybody found out how good it was, and then that never happened again. You know, Yamazaki 25s went to, like, north of 10,000. Hakushu 25 never really jumped. I mean, it jumped, but not like the Yamazaki did. Hibiki 30 went up to, like, six, seven grand, you know? That's and you're kind of like, whoa, <laughs> you know? like, And then, you know, I look at the bars, and you go to bars, and, like, they have them by the poor. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, looking oh, at... I, you know, I'm looking up at my bar right now, and like I said, I have uh, I have Habiki 17, 21, 12, Yami 12, Yami 18, the Limiteds, you know? Then it goes to the Chichibu. <laughs> yeah, which was another one that popped up all of a sudden was with, with all the Chichibus, you know? And then yeah. there were just so many... Because that was, for me personally, that's when I pivoted to bourbon, because that was the first time I tried Michter's. And I was like, whoa, this bourbon stuff's really good. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because it's like so like high sh sweet would be like, right. the, you know, the key term. But it was exactly. like sweet and refined. It kind of reminded me like going to Europe and getting like a really good chocolate gelato. And it was just <laughs> like, oh, that's real chocolate. Like that is real. Like this is not like a powdered thrown in with some milk and be like, hey, here's your chocolate ice cream. You know, like this dude used it. Yeah. And 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 I, I remember like Ichiro's, I was like, they had so many great Chichibu brands. And I was like, this is too many for me to buy. I'm gonna start buying this brand Michter's. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so that's seven years ago. So now here you are, probably at what 300 of your 800 bottles for, for, on your wall at that point. Yeah, yeah. I'll say about yeah, about eight years ago. I had about 300 bucks, 300 bottles, yeah. Okay, give me the next step up. What's the next catalyst that you, all of a sudden you go rack on another two hundred bottles? Uh, so this 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 crazy guy walked into my bar, and uh, I don't know if you remember the Masters of Whiskey program from Diageo. No, they were just they were. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know how Diageo is. They they like to be fancy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Mister Tom Turner walks into my bar. Um, 
and he hands me his business card and it says Dr. Thomas Turner. And I'm like, what in the heck is this? <laughs> he gets his little business card, blah, blah, blah. You know, he, he speaks a good game. And uh, throughout the night, I'm like, okay, I'm going to blind test this guy. So uh, I pour him a yellow spot. Nobody in Alaska should have a bottle well yellow spot. But, you know, through my connects, uh, I had a sample sent to me. And so I went into the back room, poured him a little shot of yellow spot, gave it to him. And he's looking around the entire wall. And he's like, it's definitely Irish. Definitely one of the spot families. And at this point, I'm like, what the heck? Like, how does, how does somebody... I know you can smell your style of whiskey, but... You know, like I said, I'm new to this. I'm like, how's this guy know exactly yeah. the brand he's drinking? And he's like looking up. And he's like, well, since I don't see, he's like, I'm going to go with one of the green spots since uh, that's all I see on your bar. I was like, ha, you're wrong. It's like a yellow spot, <laughs> you know? And uh, he's like, well, that's not fair. It's not even on the wall. I was like, well, you know, I wanted to give you something that you don't see. And so from, from then on, he's just like, I can't believe you have this collection in Alaska out of all places. And like I said, I only had about 300 bottles then. So he uh, he tells me about the Universal Whiskey experience. And he's like, I can see you like kind of your high end stuff. You know, I, you know, I had some like reflection McAllen and McAllen 30, mm -hmm. you know, some, some of those higher end whiskeys. And he's like, you have to go do this thing called the High Roller Show. I was like, okay, whatever. So I search up. I'm like, oh, wow, this actually looks pretty cool. And I'm like, you got to try all this. And my only experience with a trade show before was uh, the Whiskey uh, whiskey Fest in San Francisco. Which was yep, pretty yep, at the, at, the, at the Marion Hotel. Uh, the one that I, went, that I went to was on there uh, on the old yacht, the San Francisco yacht. Oh, the, shit. The Wheeler one. It was three stories. They had a cigar pairing oh, up wow. top. Uh, the very bottom floor was food, and the middle floor had a bunch of whiskeys. It was, it was actually really fun. I took my brother and my little cousin, and that's that's when I started kind of actively looking at different trade shows after he mentioned the Universal. So I actually skipped the Universal that first year because I thought $3,000 was insane to spend on a show. <laughs> Um, so I mean, I tell people it's like it's the best show to spend that money on because we drink like hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of booze. Right. Well, to the to the to the person who's never been, it's kind of a hard pill to swallow at first. Of course. Yes. You know? And so I and that was me. I was like, I'm not spending three thousand dollars. And so what I did instead, I was like, you know, I'm going to save up money. And then when I when it comes up next year, if it does, I won't feel bad about spending that much money on on a trade show. Well, that kind of started, uh, you know, the craze of what is right now. Uh, went, went to the show, met Mahesh and a bunch of the other guys there. They kind of brought me into the to the circle. And you might know some of them, you know, Tim, yep. Dwayne, uh, those boys. So yep. I, kinda, yep. I kind of got put into that, the fun side of the circle there. And then I got to tr obviously try, you know, crazy things. Like you said, we were drinking Yamazaki 18 like it was nothing and i remember i had a uh, one of the old spring banks that was worth like five six thousand dollars now and we were just we were drinking insane stuff the the mortlock 72 year i was like what the heck is this <laughs> yeah know? gordon mcphail's like coming out with like like stuff that's like you know incredibly 
north of 50 years like oh and here we're gonna crack that tonight and like hey and then yeah. duncan taylor's like oh we're gonna like one up them and we're gonna bring something else out and you're like you guys should knock yourself out i'm just gonna sit here and smile i mean i remember yeah. the deconstruction of the yamazaki mizunara one year at the show Oh, like with all yeah. the ingredients that made the hibiki, like how to make hibiki, how to make, you know, all the Mizunara thing. I'm like, this is wild. Wild. Yeah, it was, I think we might have been in that same class, actually. Is that when uh, that old man got in a fight with? Uh, um, yes. Sorry, with Johnny. With he Johnny Mundell, yeah. With Mundell. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I remember yeah, that. that, that <laughs> I was, was like, funny. whoa. That, that, was, that, was, <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite master classes that we did. Johnny, Dude, that was, was insane. Man. Johnny yeah, like, still is like, a man. I love that kid. I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to see him this weekend. I think he's down here in San Diego. Oh, tell him the Alaska guy says hi. <laughs> I definitely will. Okay, so now you've escal- now you've found the nth, and now you're coming back and educating your customers on like there's just a way bigger spectrum out there than you even knew possible. Correct. Uh, I'm actually I'm actually educating the reps at this point now. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's funny how the reps don't know as much you know they're they're kind of a team where they have to just sell and make numbers um but my rep was actually and he still is my rep right now brian and he's he's a cool dude he would bring like 10 15 samples to the restaurant at night when i'm like slowing down and we would just try 10 15 whiskeys every other night and I mean, we wouldn't get drunk or anything. It'd just be, we're, we're tasting. My dad comes out of the kitchen. He's tasting. Some of my customers become regulars. I bring them on in and out. There's literally like six, seven of us for the next hour, just closing the restaurant down and just trying samples of this whiskey. And it's funny because his bosses are probably like, how are you sampling all these out? And they're like, well, he's buying them. Everything he tastes, he's yeah. almost buying everything. And so that's kind of how my collection started growing, too. Um, well, you had the pipeline. I mean, it sounds yeah. like Brian was the pipeline and and nobody else was like taking it to the level. I mean, I tell you, know, like the way I was talking a few minutes ago, like nobody was buying twenty two hundred dollar bottles of Japanese whiskey when I was buying them. They were like, are you nuts? Like I spent like one hundred and fifty bucks. And I'm like, funny. yeah, I think this is something different. Yeah. It's funny. I wish I wish I didn't turn down those twenty two hundred bottles of uh, Yamazaki. <laughs> Well, I mean, it was hard to, because I remember like when I ran restaurants and nightclubs, like you were using like a formula to how much you charged. You know, I think like a bottle of liquor, like you were dividing by nine, a bottle of wine, you know, divided by five. You know, now it's like you can get a shot that's sometimes maybe more than the cost of the bottle right. because See? of the perceived secondary value of what that could be. Right. That's to me, that's actually kind of annoying, to be honest. Um, and yeah. that's. That's actually a reason why I've been a success as well. Um, there's a few other restaurants here in town. Like, for instance, we just got this year's uh, George Keith bag. And one of the establishments charges $90 a shot. And I have mine wow. at 25 Um The you reason know, I have you, it at, You paid like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's an yeah. $80, yeah. $85 bottle at our cost. And yeah, 79, I, 79 plus taxes, right? <laughs> yeah. And the only reason I charge 25 is because you have those guys that come in and they um, I used to have George C. Stagg at $15 a shot um, just a couple years ago. And the reason I took it up to 25 is people would just come in and they'd have a double of it and take a photo with it and post it on Instagram. And it's like, Okay, are you actually enjoying your whiskey at the moment now, or are you 
uh, Instagram flexing that you just got a double for thirty dollars. Um, I mean, that so, was the main thing. That was yeah. that was that's what Instagram was. It was like, and then you would get flooded, and the bottle would be gone. Yeah, exactly. And now raising it up to twenty five gives people who don't have a chance to come into the restaurant who actually want to try it. And they, they try it, they have a single of it, they either like it or they don't, but they, act, they have an opportunity to buy it at a, at a fair value price for it. And I don't gouge Incredibly on fair. Yeah. And I don't gouge on any of my highly allocated bottles. I want the, you know, drinking the Pappies, the, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, or any, you know, the Yami 8, you know, I charge 45 for Yamazaki 18. Um, and it, people, people appreciate the, the, price that i give them and they think it's a value and they keep coming back i mean that is the fun part of my job the cocktails is the hard part because i make i make a yeah. ton of cocktails but when, yeah, when but somebody it's, orders, it's that know, customer service and return experience i mean that's exactly. what you, you know in that in that industry that's what it's all about and and the word of mouth but the good word of mouth not like hey yes. You can go kill this guy's bottle for like seventeen hundred bucks, you know, and just crush his whole rest. You're like, no, 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 no. You're missing out on the whole point here. Like, this is a journey. I mean, I always tell people they're like, you know, what do you drink when you go out? I'm like, I, it depends where I go because sometimes I just have right. a problem with the price because I know too much. Right. I know how much exactly. it costs. I know what it is. I have it probably at my house, you know, that I could drink anytime. You know, it was crazy because. Prior to like a year and a half ago, I would just go out and always just order Eagle Rare 10 because it was like $12, $14. Right. 100%. You know, and then, you know, last year you couldn't even get Eagle Rare. It was gone. E.H. Taylor, gone. Like those were like stock standard 10 to $14 whiskey pours that were tremendously undervalued for what they were delivering in liquid. Oh, 100%. I mean, I, I I, still to this day, I don't understand where all it is. I mean, Buffalo Trace is one of the biggest distilleries in, in the United States. Like, how? I, it mind boggles me. I, I don't know where it's at. <laughs> like, where is nah, it? I, 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 you know, I don't know. I mean, even the Blantons. Look at, like, Blantons should be, like, everywhere, yet you can't get it. <laughs> I know. Every time you tour the distillery, there's Blantons going in and out, like, consistently. <laughs> but where does it go? Where does it You'll go? Tell me, let's go to, you know, give me an experience or a cup or one or two that just stand out in your mind where you go like, holy shit, this journey really is the, the, the reward side of it as a personal whiskey lover. Like, what have you what what events stand out where you're like, oh, shit, like this is wow. That was a special moment. So I have a couple. And I'm sure of you them. have a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, I have a couple of them, but some of them stand out more than a few. Obviously, going to the Universal every year has been yep. one of the funnest experiences because I get to meet people like you or everybody else. But we, we kind of keep going every year and it's, it's turned into like we all meet up from different parts of the United States, even some from out of uh, out of country. And we like all come together yeah. and we do it once a year. It's kind of like a reunion. We tell stories. Yeah, it's, a vacation, it's a vacation yeah. reunion. Yeah, and, we're, you know, we, Mahesh provides us with insane whiskey. Like, oh, it's not a bad fucking trip to take. <laughs> and, and well, and that's when I learned that I was like, man, you charge only three thousand dollars, but don't change the price because you don't yeah. want to alienate people. <laughs> but damn, how do you do that? You know, you know, you popped enough, you know, eighty-one year old whiskey last year, and I'm like, how the heck is this possible? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's pretty cool. The I mean, kind of like how Mahesh started in terms of his relationships. He gets that respect back 
And so he has the opportunity to do what he loves and shares with people at a good price as well. Because if he gouged, I, nobody would go there. You know? Exactly. So I would say the Universal Wix experience is on the top of my list just because of all the friendship and stories I can tell. From and and, and also yeah. the, the, the varieties. I mean, we're going to drink 30, 40 different whiskeys easily. It's probably yeah. like 60. Oh, yeah, I know, right? You know, yeah, all luxury whiskey. You know, like yeah, just put it, like think on the on the high roller, you know, last year, what? There was like 50 of us in the room and there were like 50 whiskeys in there. Yeah, <laughs> you know? probably more than that. It was like one, <laughs> one-on-one combat you know, yeah, in the right? high roller room. I was like, hey, hey, do you guys mind like, opening that 60-year-old? Yeah, yeah, sure, dude. Like, is anyone else drinking with you? I don't know. Like, there's, there's a bunch of other dudes in here. I know, right? I walked over to the Johnny Walker section and uh, I was like, what do you guys got here? They're like, Johnny 48. I was like, oh man, that's like a $40,000 bottle. Yeah. Cracking it open. They're like, oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, that was my first pour of the night. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. I think I went to Patterson and had the Dalmore 35 last year or the Jura oh, 30. I think those that was my first pour when I walked in the room. <laughs> Yeah, I, everybody flocks flocks to Richard Patterson, so I give him a space. I love that guy. He's probably one yeah, of my favorite guys him. in the industry. Love he's yeah, he's those definitely guys are, a those guys are great. Hey, oh, and Karen from McCallum, that guy. Always, always yeah, a good that time. Guy's a character. Always. Well, it's like you know him and Johnny used to. You know when Johnny was Centauri, like they were such a good tag team because they got that like yes. dry sarcasm. That you don't yeah. know if they're like fucking with you or they're like legit. <laughs> you know? Totally true. Yeah, that's, that's the fun stuff. Um, so I would say going on to the next great experience was uh, it was kind of two rolled into one. Um, so after the first year of the end, everybody knew me as like the young Alaska kid. And so, I mean, I'm 35 now. So, I, I mean, I got into this whiskey game kind of early at, uh, yeah. considering the, the caliber that I'm at now in terms of uh, <laughs> what I've purchased, what I've drank. I mean, I'm drinking stuff that like your grandfather would drink. And, yeah. You know, value wise and stuff. Um, So Mahesh called me one day and was like, I don't know what you did, but you kind of hit a splash into, into the show. You were like a, this young, refreshing person. And, but you also weren't, bragging or just some of the guys that you meet there they're like oh i have this i have that i have this i was more like oh i want to try this i want to try this i've never had this i loved hearing stories from like uh tim from california um you know and so i like i just i, I guess i just touched a few people and so i got invited i got invited back obviously paid for it but it just i got invited into the cool circle i guess you can say and yeah that, that opened up some pretty amazing experiences and two of them, they, they kind of meshed together was a, uh, I got invited to London with Mahesh for a pretty amazing uh, whiskey charity event. And I got to just experience cool different locations and dinners of uh, Barry Brood and Root. Uh, I went to, was that bar? I went to Duke's and got to meet the master bartender there. Um, Alejandro, which Dukes was probably one of the most amazing experiences. Um, and we just had a great time in London with my Hessian friends. And then he invited me again a year later. And it was uh, for a Royal Salute event. And I actually got to hang out and meet Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. And I was no. one of... Yeah. 
and I, I literally got to <laughs> hang out with them. Like that was like who hangs out with royalty because of whiskey and me being just a small Italian restaurant in Anchorage, Alaska. And now I'm in London hanging out with one of their houses, watching them play polo. We're having champagne, shaking hands with uh, Harry. And it's like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know, just the just just from whiskey, how it evolved into amazing stories and experiences. Just it's still mind. It really is, dude. I like the the, really the, like the camaraderie and the friendship. Like you know, you know me. I I came here for the investment. The investment's paying off really well. I got eight more years, but what I wasn't anticipating was the cool people, and yes. that has been like really the most fun part. You know, like my education, you know, like I'm a sponge like you, like I want to learn and understand and see and do, you know, like everything because I'm truly like obsessed with like the person who made it and why they did it and how they do it and the outcome. And like, you know, I, I think that's been my North Star to kind of guide me away from the marketing companies that are full of shit. Right. To like focus on the little guys that actually make amazing whiskey that maybe just don't have a billion dollar budget. Right. You know, to go tell everyone about it. But the, yep. the abundance of amazing whiskey out there just never ceases to amaze me. And I, I think like a guy like Mahesh, who brings a lot of those older bottles out. And then obviously what you're experiencing, what I'm experiencing, it's like, I, this is it, man. This is not a fad. This is real. This is like yep. everyone's getting to show up and put their best foot forward. And then it's up to the people to decide what they like. And 100%. there's lots of choices. Totally. You know, it's kind of an exciting time. And yeah, the prices have gone nuts and all that kind of stuff. But so is everything else. I mean, you know, I live in California. Like housing has gone up, I don't know, 10x. Cars, gas. Like every, yeah, 15 years, cars, gas, every, you know, like everything's gone up. So sorry if whiskey went up too, guys. Like it's going to be okay. Well, well, and then it's funny. So I have, one of my favorite parts about being behind the bar, but it's hard to when I'm super busy. But I, I love, like you said, I like the educational part and telling people how this is made, where this comes from. You know, they're like, why is there 22, 23, 30 art bags on your back bar? Isn't it the same whiskey? I'm like, well, you have, you, you know, I have four different 19s up there. They're different batches. I have art bag that's been finished and this. And I'm like, here's your classic core skews. You got your tenure and then you got your sherry finish and cask strain. Like it's 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 fun to go on a journey with them and then you look back and say, man, that was me. Where is their journey? Mm -hmm. end up? I mean, that's, that's, yeah. Yeah. That's the, the rabbit hole. Things. Yeah. Down the rabbit hole. Um, I, I encourage people to always go to the end and always do the, the higher end ticket sure. because I actually love the master classes. I mean, where else can that's you go one-on-one -on -one with Richard Patterson and actually have the master explain to you his whiskey with his passion? Or Middleton's last year when it's she nothing like out. it. I, I tell people, you know, like I tell people, there's nothing like this. There really isn't. Yeah. But, but building the connection is cool. I mean, you know, they're like, why do you have downwards up here? I was like, you know, the only reason I have downward up here besides it tasting good is because I know Richard Patterson. And they're like, wait, what? They're like, well, he's a legend in yeah. Scotland. And I'm like, yeah, but I actually know him personally. <laughs> like, and, you know, yeah. You know, I, I, I just recently brought up Richard from Gordon McPhail to Alaska, first time in Alaska. He came here for one day, did a tasting, Damn. had a leave. He Damn. came up. Well, yeah, he came up because of a personal relation. You know. Well, and, I'm gonna I'm gonna come see you soon because I want to see it all. I'm gonna wrap it up because 
I got to end this one. And I, dude, I just, nothing but fucking, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of everything and watching you. And I love watching your social media. And you, 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 you embody what I feel as whiskey passion. You know, it's just like you are just eyes open, ears open, jumping in. So yeah. I can't thank you enough for taking the time to come on the show. I am going to ask you to come back. We're going to do an independent bottling chat, but not this session. I'm getting a okay. lot of chatter on independent bottling. But you'll, I appreciate you. Do you want to plug your social or, and, the, and the restaurant? You know, please go ahead. Yeah, um, you know, Fiori d'Italia, if you want to get on Facebook. Uh, for my Instagram, Alaska Whiskey Godfather. A uh, little name given out to me by my patrons. Uh, there we pretty go. cool. It's kind of took off and turned into a little brand, kind of like Rolex whiskey. <laughs> there we go, baby. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I, I got I got to say the coolest thing about uh, finishing off with the whole whiskey and stuff was doing the barrel programs. Um, they, oh, they've yeah. been such a hit where uh, just actually last week I just got approved by the state of Alaska. I'm going to open up my own liquor store. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, people people want all my barrel uh, picks and stuff. So like, I'm I'm entering a new chapter in the whiskey world. <laughs> I love that, dude. Well, I'm proud of you, and I'll see you in a month. Sounds good. I'll see you in Vegas. Yeah, baby. And that's all a right. wrap, my friends. I'll see you soon. Cool. Take care, Gabby. Really, I appreciate. It. Thanks, brother. <laughs>